Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. It's Friday the 13th. Ooh. Any issues with that, uh, Lucky? Uh, not really. I'm not an overly superstitious person. But if you, slightly. Saw, if you saw a black cat cross your path today, would that concern you? Uh, I think you would probably, I, I would pause no matter what day it was. Mm. I don't know if I would immediately recognize it. Oh my goodness, it happened today on Friday the 13th. I actually have, forgot about it. We have actually in our neighborhood, and I've only seen it a few times, luckily, uh, we have a massive black cat. It could be Ooh. some sort of lion. <laughs> Tiger. <laughs> of some, it, this thing is Jaguar or Panther or something. This like thing that? is huge. Really? Yeah, it's a big cat. And, uh, I remember I was cutting the grass one day, uh, this summer and we have a, a, quite a bit of, um, uh, flowers and such in front of our uh, living room window and it ran in behind those and I didn't see it come out. And as I was cutting the grass and got closer to those plants, I was, Beside myself, frightened that this thing was going to come out and attack me because <laughs> it was afraid of the lawnmower or something. Right. Anyhow, people will climb up ladders and all sorts of stuff. But something uh, many people do on the uh, on Friday the thirteenth is go get tattoos. It's the biggest day of the year for tattoos. Really? Supposedly, it's become some sort of uh, good luck thing. Yeah. Oh. Line up outside of tattoo parlors. To get a uh, a tattoo, the well, number thirteen is especially popular. Yeah, I, I I know about Dover. Yeah, I've never been. I I rode Biatch to Dover once. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Uh, I rode a dirt bike once when I was about thirteen or fourteen. Couldn't figure out how to change the gears right. and blew the engine on it. Okay. Yeah, my buddy's parents were not happy. I, I imagine. So I've never, I've never been, I've been on motorcycles, but I have never ridden a motorcycle or a dirt bike or anything since. You? Have right. You ever, uh... uh, only when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, when I was very young, I was probably eight or nine. A buddy of mine, his parents bought them a mini bike, which only had three gears, no clutch. So. All right. Simple one two three is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm not sure why this came about. They ended up leaving it up at our cottage for like a month, Hmm. and I ripped around this thing constantly. It was awesome. And um, I remember we were talking about it recently. And the cost to replace that thing now, like if you want to buy one, would be like (laughs) like like ten or fifteen times what it was. Back then, like you might have been able to get it back then for like six, seven hundred bucks. Oh wow! Now you'd be like five thousand dollars for this like kids. And they don't make them anymore. Mini bike. I think they still do. Right. Uh, and then they used to have a place called um, I think it was called like the Honda Ride Center hmm. in like North Pickering, and you could go. And I don't know if they still have this sort of thing, but you could go and basically rent a dirt bike. And ride around a dirt track. Oh, cool. Um, almost like a go-kart track kind yeah, of thing, yeah. but with dirt bikes. And they had, you could either get the, the, the 80 horsepower with gears or the 90 without. And I was like, oh, I'll take the 90 without. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> and off you go. Yeah. 
So that that was about it, the extent for me. Yeah, I, I've always had, uh, there's been a part of me that's always wanted to go get my motorcycle license, but it's, it's a hobby I can't afford. Right. And so what's the point, you know? Yeah. I've, uh, when it comes to driving, like standard, I can do that, and I haven't driven standard in a long time, but many of my cars were back in the day, and it is interesting that so many young people, both of my boys, would have no clue how to drive a standard mm-hmm. car. And I don't even know when you go and buy a new car anymore. Like, if you ask for standard, unless it's a specific sports car of right. some sort, I, I don't think you can get it anymore. It's you pretty can, rare. but only in certain brands and models. I know there's a, a, the guy we work with who only drives standard. And uh, and he said the last time, he had to switch vehicles yeah. because the last time he went to get one, he couldn't get a standard in the, in the one he normally drives. So he won't drive an automatic car. Has never driven an automatic car. Oh, I, once we get off the air, I have to know who this is. <laughs> and, and, and to the point where I believe it, like, doesn't even know how to drive an automatic car, you which pu- you put it in drive. You figure it out pretty quickly. I mean, I don't think he's ever been in a golf cart either, but you figure it out. <laughs> I remember uh, when I worked at Park and Fly, I'd get in some really nice sports cars. I remember like a couple of Porsches coming in. And they were automatic. And I was like, what are you doing? Right. What yeah. is the point? And that was before. Like, now you get a lot of them automatic, but they have Tiptronic on the yeah. steering wheel. Yeah. So you can still kind of get that feel. But it's not. No. I, I Yes, I have that in my uh, in the uh, the Volkswagen we have. I think we've had that in a few cars. I never use it. I never no. touch it. Yeah. But, yeah, I uh, I would drive a standard. I, I, you know, if I, I went, love standard. Yeah, if I went back and bought... Uh, some sort of classic car. It, it would have to be standard. It would just be part of the. Uh... I guess. I guess the problem is, like, yes, if you're going to buy a classic car that you're just going out and driving on weekends yeah. and and bombing around in, then yes, you know, if it's your everyday runner and you're sitting in traffic on the 401 every day, I did that for years. I remember burning out clutches, basically. Oh yeah. No, we say we enjoy it. We think it's great. 22-year-old Lucky and 22-year-old Craig loved it. 57-year-old Craig and 47-year-old Lucky would like it for about one day, and then we'd toss it. The greatest gift I ever got was a membership to CAA. It has saved my arse many a day. Oh, yeah? Oh, man, running out of gas, locking keys in cars, flat tires, the whole thing. I've had a couple of uh, instances where they needed to be called. Yeah. Towed quite a few times. I, I at one point, I think in my CAA membership, uh, I, I paid for unlimited and like uh, unlimited calls and longest distance and whatever their premium package was. Right. Yeah. And I think one year I had called them so many times for toes. They changed the rules in the middle of it. <laughs> We're not coming every other week. <laughs> they became just like Uber for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just call CAA and get a ride. Around. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't need you to tow the car. I just need you to give me a ride. <laughs> it really is. And listen, uh, if you have CAA, you know, and they're not paying me to say this. I just... When I get the bill every year and I think about the amount of times I've had to call them, like tow trucks aren't cheap. Right. It's really paid for itself numerous times because I drive crappy cars. <laughs> it's somewhat like insurance, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, man, 
Am I going to use this? Do I need to? Should I be paying for this? Yeah. But especially if you got kids and that sort of thing, your peace of mind of having some a yeah. little help along the way helps. This is funny, too. This happened a little while back. So my oldest son's uh, girlfriend, her car broke down in a, a parking lot uh, near our house. And so she doesn't have CAA, so she called me and asked, you know, can you call the CAA and come and meet me over here and they can tow the car. Right. You're not really supposed to do that, but some tow truck drivers will not even bother asking for your ID or whatever, your card. So uh, I call it in, and then I say to, and then I call her back, and I say, okay, I'll, I'll meet you. Um, I'll meet you in the parking lot. And wait for the CAA guy to show up, because she had uh, tried a couple of different things to get it going. It wouldn't go. So in the time it took me to call CAA and get over there, she had had like a dozen different dudes <laughs> stop and try to help her out. I could be on fire at the side of the highway. Nobody's stopping for me. There was one guy, Mr. Handsome, can do no wrong. Right. Who, of course, was a firefighter. Yes. He's got all the gear in the back of his truck, and even he couldn't get it going. And I'm like, ha, ha. Right. And then, of course, this old creepy dude, me, shows up, and he looks at me like, who the hell are you? <laughs> and did you act like your boyfriend just to have fun with it? Uh, I didn't, no. But I did. I told you the story about the time I did that in the restaurant. No. There's, so there's this restaurant that Maria and I, uh, a local restaurant that we used to love going together, and we'd go together all the time, Maria and I, when we first moved here. We ate there a lot. And uh, we got we got into sharing a bottle of I think it's Two Oceans white wine. Yes, and we we quite enjoyed it. And so the owners of this restaurant, every time we came in, they they didn't know our name, but they just call us Two Oceans. <laughs> and so at some point, <laughs> drink much. <laughs> at some point, Maria and I had somewhere to go one evening, and this is when our son's girlfriend was living with us. And so she needed some dinner. We didn't have anything in the fridge. And so I said, well, I'll, I'll take you over to this restaurant. We'll grab you some takeout. So we go walking in, and I've got this young, very pretty girl with me. <laughs> and uh, and the guy looks at me, and, and he, my wife isn't with me. So who the hell is this? <laughs> right. now, my son's girlfriend is Filipino. So she's obviously not my daughter. <laughs> so he kind of looks at gives me a bit of a... Well, who is this look? And and then we order the food and we leave. A couple of days later, both Maria and I and Ariel, that's her name, my son's uh, girlfriend, were the three of us go into the restaurant. And I deliberately put my arm around both of them. <laughs> and I give them this, yeah, that's how I roll. <laughs> You're anything better if you would, would have ordered a more expensive bottle of wine when you took her in <laughs> rather than the funny. two oceans. Just doing takeout. I should have asked for candlelight. <laughs> Do you have a private room? <laughs> and Dom Perignon, please. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. That would have been good. Anyhow, so back to my shame and why I have CAA. Only a quarter of us, just a quarter of us, so 75% can do this, a quarter of us can't change a tire. And I cannot, wouldn't know where to begin. Wow. Really? Wouldn't know the tools. Wouldn't needed. know where to begin. No. I would just, I, do you start by crying? <laughs> <laughs> you start by stomping up and down. Yes, well, usually there's some stomping and maybe kicking the tire yeah. uh, in frustration or to see if it comes off. No, um, I, I, to be honest, I'm not shocked by, <laughs> by one, your inability, or two, the number. I, I'm more surprised at the number 
is as low as it is because I think there's probably more more drivers now who can't change a tire nowadays. Yes, for um, sure. uh, especially and listen, there are, uh, there are sure drivers who don't can't even find the spare tire or aren't aware that there might not even be a spare right, tire right. in their car because that's the new trend now where they just give you a can of that inf- uh, inflating foam right uh and say fix it that way or they just say you just call and get it towed uh because it's cheaper than having a spare tire in that old uh, little Benz we had this was fancy so it had the spare tire but it also had a kit that came with it to change the tire yes and in that kit there was gloves Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the gloves were worth more than the car at the end of the, the end of the day. <laughs> and I will say this because I I've changed my own tires and, and flipped uh, summers to winter. Mm. By the way, CAA will do that on your driveway for you now too. Ooh, I better if, call them. you better look and see if you've got really? that. Really? Yeah, oh yeah, and reasonably priced too. Huh? Um, and uh, and that way you don't have to just truck it down anywhere. I didn't know that. But I will say this: if you're using that kit that comes with the car mm. to change your tire. It's incredibly difficult. Oh, is it? Like frustrating. Like the jack that they give you, which like you know compresses down to fit in the back of your trunk of your right. car, is not what you'd be using on a regular basis if you were changing your tires. You need a jack, <laughs> like Jack Daniels. <laughs> yeah, a shot of Jack first, <laughs> and then call CAA. Look, this is how bad I am, and this is again, this is one hundred percent honest. I'm driving in this morning, and I get my tire indicator thing come on the dash, and then it says left tire low. I'm not even sure I know how to put air in a tire. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could follow me to the gas station on the way home, that would be great. Do you ever wonder where the encore in a concert came from? I know there's some bands who won't do them because they say, well, if we were going to do something great, we would have done it already. Right. And then there's others who save that big moment for the end. They, you know, they save their biggest hits. Although that does seem a bit presumptuous. Like, it's, oh, they're going to want more from us. <laughs> we better save our hits for the encore. Well, sometimes I've been to shows, too, where the crowd doesn't really seem that into an encore. <laughs> I've, you know, you've been to some where everybody's going crazy and they want more. But then there's others where it's kind of like, and I've done this, too. It's like, all right, I'm tiring of this. Yeah, yeah, shut her down. Yeah, let's go. Anyhow, the encore, uh, the encore got going back in the early 1700s at Italian opera concerts. But what they would do back then, it wasn't like today where the whole show would happen and then they would come back. If uh, uh, an opera uh, singer uh, performed a song that the the audience loved, they would start shouting for an encore, which meant they wanted the artist to sing that song again immediately. Oh, so it's like lo- you at your King's concert. That's right. <laughs> Three times in a row. Switching the line. Yeah. Started it, middle, end. And... Um, and so this, I guess, carried on for some time, and then it became a real nuisance for the artist because it ruined the flow of the show. Of course. And it got to the point, I guess, somewhere along the way that uh, some venues would print no encores in their programs where they'd have huge signs because oh. it would uh, screw up everything. And and encores really didn't come into to, into being until like the 1970s. Elvis and the Beatles never did them. Right. Uh, it wasn't until that Bruce Springsteen ruined it for everybody. Right, that guy. Because uh, it is said that he transformed the rock show into this Iron Man event playing four-hour marathons. And then staggering back to the stage with the E Street Band time and again with their sweat and stamina being a part of the uh, spectacle.
And I remember seeing him the first time, the only time I've seen him live. And he did this thing that I had never seen. And again, all part of the show. So he he plays. This would have been like late 80s. And it was part of the Amnesty International show. So he had like Peter Gabriel and Sting and you know, Tracy Chapman, I think, was a part of it. And Yusef Endur was a part of it. And so he did his set. And he was, of course, the uh, the headliner because this would have been, again, like 88. So still on the tail of Born in the USA and all right. that. So he does his whole set. He's on late. Doesn't get on to like 11, 1130. It's like a Wednesday night. And then he uh, he comes back out and does one encore. He comes back out and does another encore. Then he does this whole thing where he falls down on the stage and Sting and Gabriel come up and pick him up. And right. He's, he's like, I can't do it no more. And then one, two, three. It's like it's a whole deal, yeah. you know. And I remember seeing Sting and Gabriel performing with him. And these are two kind of, you know, polite Britishmen. <laughs> and they both look so awkward and weird because... <laughs> Uh, Springsteen was wearing his black jeans and his black vest. And I think he didn't have a shirt on because he was pretty cut back then as gotcha. well. So Sting and Gabriel came out wearing the same thing. Right. And they're kind of puffy and British. you know. <laughs> and they're kind of trying to do a Springsteen dance and it just isn't working out. It was pretty funny. To see. I wonder what McCartney thinks now. Like, like he, if he's cursing Springsteen. Not to punch him in the face. But it's just like, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. You know, I was in the Beatles and we played for half an hour. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> now I'm dragging on Shea Stadium for four hours yeah. because the boss is doing it and everyone yeah. wants that kind of performance. Well, if you look back to their career, I mean, they didn't, they, they, they toured a lot early on when they were getting going, but once they became the Beatles and huge, they barely toured at all. They right. hated it. Yeah. But back then too, the sound systems were horrible yeah. and you couldn't hear anything. But, yeah, so there you go. If you're stuck at a show till late, late at night, you blame Springsteen for that. Do you like parallel parking? Supposedly, parallel parking is good for your heart. Get your heart rate up. Oh, my goodness. Because I guess the nerves of doing it. Right. Now, I, I must admit, I, I'm pretty good at the parallel parking. I've impressed many a people with my really? ability to parallel park. Yes. Uh, I'm okay in my own car. Mm-hmm. Uh, every now and then, we remember we had that big rock truck. We'd have to ri- drive that downtown, yeah. park it on the Danforth. On Queen Street. <laughs> like, holy crap. And, and, like, I just can't judge the front and back of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I would find that difficult. A lot easier now that you have a lot of reverse cameras yeah. and cameras around the car or warning systems yeah. around cars certainly has helped. I've never been uh, in one of those cars that basically parks itself. No. You can have that technology in some of them. And I must admit, I'm spoiled by living in the suburbs because most spots on the street outside of downtown mm-hmm. are a spot and a half. They give you yeah. a, a half yeah. uh, width to kind of a, of, of leeway. When I get downtown, I go visit a buddy down there. I'm I, like I said to him once, I, I don't think I can. I can't find a parking spot. And he looked at me. He's like, right there. I said, I, I can't fit in there. He's like, I can put a trailer in there. <laughs> well, even the uh, the uh, the city parking lots downtown, they've got the double line separating the parking spot. Even those individual spots are extra small. Right. It's all very tight. But uh, yeah, no, the parallel parking's never been a, a problem for me, and um, and uh, supposedly very good for you. Actually, parking. 
in general, supposedly, gets your heart rate up and good for you. Backing into a spot when I worked at Park and Fly, we'd all, you know, there'd be a bunch of guys all in the lot working together. And so sometimes you'd be driving like a really nice car or a big vehicle. So you'd need a little help. You wanted to make sure you backed it in because all cars had to be backed in because right. in case they didn't start, you got to boost them. Oh, gotcha. Right. So I, this was a trick we did to each other all the time. How that place stayed open, I do not know. Well, they had a big waiver that said we're not responsible for yes, the car. Right. So that was so which I just scroll down and click. <laughs> That's right. So you'd be backing up and I'd be helping you guide you in it. And I go, come on, come on, back up, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Bang! Stop. <laughs> wow. Oh, we laughed and laughed. <laughs> ah, when it's not your car, who cares? We all shower. Sometimes we shower, uh, we just get in and get out and clean things up. Others uh, take time in the shower. People were asked about their showering habits. Some have some odd ones, though. Some brush their teeth while showering, which seems a little odd. I've heard that. I find that weird. Even shaving I find weird, like shaving your face. Mm. Because like you can't see when you're in there. Actually, speaking of uh, brushing your teeth, I I saw something recently about how uh, we're all brushing our teeth wrong and one of the things we're doing wrong is uh, we're supposed to, um, well, we're brushing too hard for one. Right. Uh, we're not supposed to be rinsing right after you brush. Supposedly, it washes away the fluoride in the toothpaste. So wait at least, and this makes no sense, but this comes from dentists. Wait at least two minutes before you swish. Can you imagine sitting there with a toothpaste in, in your in your mouth for two minutes? Right. And the order, do you know the order of brushing your teeth? The order of brushing your teeth? You're supposed to floss, then swish, then brush. Right. Yes. Loosen everything up first. I do know, and I read this years ago, and it's always stuck with me, you should never drink anything first thing in the morning before brushing. Gotcha. Because you're putting all sorts of crap back into your stomach and Mm. system. Yeah, I've got like I've been using the electric toothbrush for for years now. I noticed you look lovely. Well, you, you know what? I've had good results with yeah. the uh, hygienist too. Who knows that I have given up on the flossing <laughs> and knows not to even ask, right? Because I'm not changing the habits now. So but uh, but yeah, but she said yeah, it's it's working well. And and this one like it'll warn you if you're putting too much pressure on. Okay. Uh, and it really is amazing, like like how little pressure you're supposed to use. And we really grind. That's the other thing the dentists say, yeah. And you're supposed to brush for like two minutes. Mm -hmm. And much like, you know, hand washing for 30 seconds, many of us can't count when it comes to that. (laughs) Oh, I know. No, I'm, uh, for the longest time, I was just a one a day brush guy, like in the morning and I wouldn't bother the rest of the day. Forever and ever until just in the last, uh, I don't know, five or six years, maybe. You wouldn't brush your teeth at night? No, I was too drunk. (laughs) Imagine trying to get two points from a brush and it probably make me throw up. Wait, well, especially with all the red wine. Just, yeah. No. Your teeth aren't purple? No. I mean, they're yellow. <laughs> but I but I do now brush in the afternoon when I wake up from my nap. Oh. So I brush in the morning and then after my nap, but not before I go to bed. Really? Yeah. You brush every night before bed? Yeah. Look at you're such a saint. <laughs> Your wife's showering and tubbing. Your the children are singing like they're in uh sound of music. That's right. They, they do their good night goodbye routine yeah. up oh, the stairs yeah. and it's then It's just unbelievable at the lock house. <laughs> it's just the nannies tuck them in and yeah. it's all good. Oh yeah. 
No, it's just heaven over there. <laughs> we, we retire to the West Wing, and then we're fine. <laughs> and you just spend the rest of the evening gazing into each other's eyes. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Through your mask. <laughs> Anyhow, what were we? Oh, showers, right? Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, some sh- uh, brush their teeth. Uh, almost all women shave their legs in the shower. Few dudes are doing that as well, though, shaving their legs in the shower. Yeah, I can see that. There you go, there David are, there Beckham. There are those do that. Does Beckham do that? Well, he's a soccer player. Don't all soccer players shave their legs? I don't know. Swimmers do. I don't know what oh, soccer maybe players. It's, yeah, maybe it's the swimmers. No, I think the soccer players do as well. All right. I, even if they don't, I'll make it up and say they do. <laughs> sure, it doesn't really matter. Sure. We like to watch TV in the shower. We like to listen to audio books. TV? Well, some people have the TVs in there. Now you can have them mounted in the shower because they're waterproof. But there are people who have TVs in their bathroom. But again, with all of the, um, like, humidity going on there, the mist and the mm. steam, doesn't that all fog up? I guess not, maybe. I don't know. And some like to use their smartphone. That makes sense. Can't let that thing go. Right. And drink a beer, which I have done. <laughs> Tell me you have a shocking turn of events. Tell me you've never had a beer in the shower. Uh, I can't remember the last time. Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.